everyone. This is Carl Monaghan, one of the founders of Pelvic Pain Matters. This is Pelvic Pain Natters. This is our podcast. And this is some added bonus material for you. It's Friday, so every Friday I'll be dropping you a little clinical reflection from my week, something I've been discussing with a patient uh, or something that has been repeatedly coming up across the, the patients I've been seeing that week. These are short, like I said, bonus materials. Hope you enjoy them. Hope you find them beneficial. Please do share with anyone who you think would like this content as well. Enjoy. Okay, so this is another Friday takeaway. Um, it's a couple of reflections on what's been happening in the clinic this week, um, giving you my perspective, some patient examples, and then take homes for both clinicians and patients as well. The topic for today's Friday takeaway is the inner critic. And I'm going to do a couple of versions of this. Um, part one today, we're going to introduce the inner critic. And in the second part, which will be coming to you very shortly, you will get some practical examples around management, um, some analogies, uh, and what you can do with the inner critic, either yourself as an individual um, or for any patients that you might have as clinicians. So what is the inner critic? Well, we all have these, um, whether we have pelvic pain or not. And we seem to develop these the, uh, as, as we age. I'm not sure my five and a half year old and my two and a half year old would have the same level of inner critic that I would have in my mid forties. So the inner critic is the, is, um, a judgment of, of ourselves. Um, it is often negative and berating. It is not supportive. <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination and it can lead us down a really really dark rabbit hole of despair and deep emotion and mood and can really influence recovery um, from pelvic pain having had pelvic pain myself in my mid-20s I know the inner critic incredibly well I no longer have symptoms but when I was present with pelvic pain it is judging me on my behavior um, it is judging me on my ability to do things in the future and judging my inability to not react or or do things differently historically uh, now you might have a number of these inner critics my personal development coach um, who I see not for pelvic pain at all but but just because I believe that I can further myself as a father a husband um, a patient uh, sorry a clinician and um, and a friend and just generally in life he would say that these are our shadow characters these are characters that come and have a certain sound or a, a judging voice or a certain phrase to them. But we've all got them. Some are more vocal at some points. Others are more vocal at other times. So when will they often occur? Well, they can often occur. We'll often hear the judge, the, the judging inner critic, perhaps more so in quieter times when we're less distracted. So maybe first thing in the morning, for example, when we've woken up and the world is still waking up around us and there it is, that gnawing self-doubt. It might be lasting at night um, when we're trying to drift off to sleep and we are maybe reflecting on the day or anticipating the following day or even future events or even stuff that's happened in the past. Um, 
if we go down a neuroscience route, we may talk about something called the default mode network here, which is a, a range of different um, brain regions that interact, particularly when we're not distracted and have negative ruminating thoughts. Um, we might call this monkey chatter, uh, but this is also the inner critic. Now, the inner critic will come forward and... Um, <laughs> like I said beforehand, take us down a rabbit path. Now, one of the interesting things around um, the inner critic is it poses a question or it poses a scenario and it offers a judgment around that. And then we can end up in a mood, a mood based upon that particular criticism or judgment. Uh, and that mood may last a minute. It may last five minutes. It may last an hour. It may last a day. It could last weeks and it could last months. Being aware of the inner critic and its importance and relevance over male pelvic pain and the suffering from male pelvic pain is incredibly valuable. The patient has pain anyway, yet to have to deal with and navigate um, the inner critic means that the patient is more likely to experience more suffering more of the time. Being aware of the inner critic and knowing that it is just a thought is incredibly valuable. So here's something. It's been hypothesized that the chemical reaction that occurs within a body when we have a thought, an emotional response, if you like, or, or an emotional response to a thought, lasts for less than a minute. So the chemical response, the physical change to the initial um, catalyst doesn't last very long at all. But it's the mood state that we end up in there afterwards, which which lasts for an incredibly long period of time and can leave us under a darkened cloud in a in a in a feeling of ang feelings of anxiety, feelings of desperation, feelings of depression as well. So here's the thing. Do you recognise this? Is this something as a patient that you recognise? Is this something as a as a patient that you are familiar with? That, that judgment that's coming internally, no one else is judging you. No one else is standing there judging you or criticising your every move or your every thought. It's not an external source. And it's important to consider more than just the pelvis and the muscles in the pelvis when we consider male pelvic pain. This is a self-generated, it's your mind that's creating this thought. Because... I always pose this question to my patients. Would you criticise your friends as much as you criticise yourself with your pain? Would you criticise a, a loved one, a partner, your children if you have children? Would you criticise your children as much as you criticise yourself onwardly throughout the daytime? The answer is probably not. So is this inner critic helpful? Well, at some point, maybe in the history of your pelvic pain, it might have stopped you from perhaps being a little bit, I don't know, gung-ho or over-expressive or, or, or bullshy. It's stopping you from doing too much. So the avoidance model is often one that we, uh, that patients engage with to begin with. Don't do this in case. Avoid that because... And, and at some point, maybe that inner critic was helpful for you in the early stages, but now it's just gnawing away and it can become a very uh, front and central part of your day to day monkey chatter. So 
I'm going to hypothesize that it's not helpful for you. It wasn't helpful for me, and it's certainly not helpful for the patients that I see as well. So it would be really helpful to know that there are ways beyond this. So as a clinician, if you're listening to this, some forms, some uh, medical outcome forms, clinical outcome forms that I'm going to encourage you to start using to help to understand where our patients are include the pain catastrophization scale, the PCS, I use the English version, so it's PCS hyphen EN. There's the GAD7, the general anxiety disorder, um, it's seven questions. And then I also include in this the pain self-efficacy um, form as well. And between those three of them, it gives me a really good idea as to what kind of thoughts the person's having and how often they're having them how much anxiety is wrapped up in this as well and and what this means in terms of the patient's ability and their confidence to be able to engage with life as patients if you recognize the inner critic then simply recognizing it in the first instance and realizing that it's just a thought and learning to disassociate from it learning that it's not you that's generating this it's your mind it's your ruminating anxious nervous um, critical mind can be incredibly helpful. Now that may sound quite abstract and I'm well aware of that. If you want a book to help you to understand and appreciate this process a little bit more, then The Happiness Trap, um, which is a book focused on acceptance and commitment therapy, um, The Happiness Trap, and I'll put a link in the um, uh, blurb underneath the podcast for you to get the book. Um, would be really, really helpful at starting to unpack this. So recognising that you're having the thoughts, accepting that these thoughts happen and that we can't stop them happening. In fact, if we're trying to stop them and push them down from happening, that's not always helpful. Investigating the thought and asking if it's helpful for us at that particular time to lead us successfully through recovery and then practising non-attachment or non-association. So that's the acronym RAIN, R-A-I-N. So some key things to take away from today. The inner critic is incredibly common. If you're a patient, you'll definitely recognise this. Judging, uh, criticising you, putting you down, berating you, either about previous activities or about future events. As clinicians, being aware of this in our patient population can be incredibly valuable and can help a patient to navigate their pain experience far, far, far more successfully. There are some clinical outcome forms that as clinicians that you can use to help to um, identify the kind of rumination and negative inner critical thoughts that a patient might be having, having. And as a patient and as a clinician, using the book, and there are others out there, but one of the easiest and most accessible, short, funny, um, and very, very helpful is The Happiness Trap. Um, it's based on acceptance and commitment therapy, which is a branch of psychology. Okay, so that's The Inner Critic Part 1. I'll be coming back at you next time with The Inner Critic Part 2. Some management, some examples, um, some analogy, and uh, furthering the RAIN analogy. That's it. That's your Friday takeaway.